every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Divas radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective. Hello, everyone. I am so happy today to be talking again to the wonderful Mr. Andrew Winston, who's an author of The Big Pivot and several books that you all should have in your libraries. And I'll have him tell us what else they are. He's um, the founder of Winston Eco Strategies. And he's really, I don't know, I think for me, he's one of the people I look to to help um, help me understand what's going on in the business world when it comes to sustainability and policy and uh, the changes and shifts that are going on in that culture. And I think he's helping sh- make that change. So hello, Andrew. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. And I'm looking forward to a time when we can get you to the studio. And uh, in the meantime, I, I'm happy to have you on the phone. It's good to be here virtually. <laughs> <laughs> virtually on the phone. So there's a lot coming up this coming week, and so I think we were going to talk a bit about what's coming up for Climate Week and uh, yeah. you know your perspective on it, which is a little different than what we normally are talking about. So, so dish. Yeah. So uh, you know, a couple of weeks the, is you know uh, kind of unofficially Climate Week. There's been a few groups that I guess have have called it that and built up uh, you know a set of events around around the week starting the, the 22nd. Um, the Climate Group is an NGO, and they I think they probably dubbed it Climate Week, right. and they kind of launch it, and, and there's events at the U.N., and there's just kind of gatherings, and it, it overlaps with the Clinton Global Initiatives, and there's kind of always this this um, meeting of minds, you know. And so the second day of the week, on, on Tuesday the 23rd, uh, at the U.N., Ban Ki-moon, is, the Secretary General, is, has been calling for this summit of world leaders and CEOs to come and talk about climate change and how business can can play a role in solving um, solving the problem. So, uh, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm, I'm looking and hoping for some big announcements, some big commitments, right. um, companies, you know, doing more than just talking. And it's, it's unusual because there's the annual meeting of the policymakers around the world, which has kind of gone nowhere. But it's unusual to try to just bring together CEOs and say, you know, what can business do together? So, so do I think we- it's it's hopefully exciting. Do we know who's going? Like, is Jeff Emelt going? I mean, who, who's who's going to this thing? Do we know? You know, nobody. I, <laughs> to be honest, nobody really knows. And yeah. and you know, I'm I'm involved with some groups that are involved in the week, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm inviting some CEOs and clients, and and trying to get some there, and trying to um, get some companies to make some commitments. There's a there's a group that I'm on the steering committee for called RE100, which stands for Renewable Energy 100, um, which is run by the Climate Group and some others, and is you know trying to get companies to commit to 100% renewable energy at, at some point in the near future, um, and we're trying to get companies to commit that week and kind of make a big, big splash. And there's a few that already have in the past, and a few yeah. that are kind of there without making a big deal out of it, but are but are kind of doing it anyways. Like yeah. some big tech companies like like Apple and Microsoft and yeah. and others basically already get 100% of their energy from renewables, but we're trying to make it you know to show that there's movement, you know, show that there's a commitment of really big companies. Um, I think that would help kind of mobilize people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and even companies like Walmart. I mean, you know, say what you will about Walmart, but aren't they making some effort? They are making well on, on renewables in particular. And there's we could have a, I think 
I think last time we spoke, we might have talked about Walmart. I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons, <laughs> and we can have some very good debates yeah. about, yeah. you know, is Walmart green? Um, but from the perspective of renewable energy, they do buy more than anybody else in the country. Um, and sometimes that's not saying much because they buy more of everything right, right, right. Um, than anybody. But, but, you know, in this case, it really does say something because most companies aren't buying very much. Right. Um, and they, you know, besides the military, they buy more than anybody. And they get about 24%, I think, of their energy from, in the stores from renewables. And, and some of that's just on the grid. They're plugged into the grid in Texas, and there's wind power, you know. Yeah. But there's a chunk of that that's their own power that's you know that they're generating themselves on stores with huge solar arrays and they've they've you know pursued this very aggressively and um you know some say they get too much credit but i think it's it's impressive you know they've helped they've helped make the market kind of more standard and 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 build the market up for this so that it's easier for other companies to see how doable this is and by the way they don't spend any in case you think it's all you know philanthropic they don't actually spend any extra money Right. Doing it, they are they are paying the same or less for their power than they would normally. Right. That's that's kind of the, the big, you know, not even secret. Well, some of it's you deal. know generated by an economic decision, like it's actually economically sound. It is. Right. No, I mean that's what's going yeah. on with Apple and 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 with Microsoft and 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 others is these are economic decisions really. So, um, you know, it, it, there's 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 this way you can buy solar power that most companies do, which is using called a power purchase agreement right. where you just lease your roof and you pay the, the solar provider for the power like you would your utility. They don't own the panels. Walmart doesn't own it. Right. Um, they just pay for the power, and they're paying the same or less. And that's a pretty great deal, right? And, and, and if anything, every company that isn't doing as much as, as these leaders is, is missing out. Yes, exactly. So far, nobody's really spending extra to do it, um, yeah. except for a few. You know, a few are doing it kind of on a deeper principle, like, you know, Ikea or, or something like that. You know where they they are buying the panels themselves and kind of spending a little extra money on it, but mm-hmm. you know th- there's a big myth that that renewable energy is expensive. It's just not really true anymore. No. So there's this incredible opportunity. You know, there's a lot of optimism. I think. It's been, uh, yeah, and I wish I had actually taken more closely note of an article I saw. I think Andrew Revkin shared it yesterday on Facebook about that there is hope. We can actually be you know as a, as a culture 100% renewable at some yeah. point it's 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 now in the foreseeable future it is possible i think you know 10 yeah, it's not a pipe dream right 10 years ago people would be like eh, it's not going to happen i'm like well actually it could <laughs> no it's abs- it's absolutely going it's going to happen the economics are getting better the the logic because of climate change is getting clearer so we will see this um, i think in our lifetime, yeah, it's going to take a while, but we're talking about a huge. It's a huge transition, right? Yeah, there of was course. A, a grid and a infrastructure that was built over a hundred years, more than a hundred years. So it's yeah. not going to get replaced immediately, right? Um, but it is going to happen, and we're going to have the technologies we need. We have a lot of them already. We we need some advancements in things like storage, so yeah. you can you know have the wind blow at night and then store the energy. But that's coming. Yeah, there's real investment going on now. So. Uh, you know, again, I'm optimistic. Yeah, and I like that. Now, so you mentioned the military. Um, what yeah. do you know about the military's use of renewable energies? I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. No, <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't. You know, they. It, it's kind of a surprise, and it's something a lot of people, you know, a lot of people outside the green space probably don't really realize is how far and fast the military's gone, and yeah. how much they've made it part of their mission to move away from fossil fuels. And and the Navy probably more than any others, um, they have. Um, ships that run on, um, you know, kind of like 
they have they have a couple ships that are like uh, a Toyota Prius. They're hybrids, and they've got you know batteries that take them up to ten knots. Um, they've got forward operating bases, marine bases that that are just operating on solar. They've got these portable packs for solar power that a platoon can can go out on on missions and I think carry something like six hundred pounds less right. stuff because they right. don't need batteries and they or and they can power whatever, up their yeah. devices because. The thing about where we've been fighting is it's pretty hot and, and sunny. And sandy. Um, and, and sandy. But, you know, so there's, there's this mission to it. They're saving lives because the military figured out, year, you know, a number of years ago now that the, they were getting attacked on convoys, you know, people delivering mainly fuel and also water, you know, delivering diesel fuel to bases yeah, were yeah. getting attacked and they were losing soldiers. So this is, for them, this is lives, but it's also their mission. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, Having this huge weakness of relying on a supply chain of, of oil and diesel is, is, is a huge problem for them. Well, yeah, um, between the, vo- the, na- the know, volume. And the Navy realizes. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say between the volume and the, you know, the expense and the, the transportation, how, how more self-contained and stealth they yep. can be moving, right? Well, yeah, and, and, and I think and the Navy has, has said some funny things. There's been some quotes from some top guys you know, about climate change, where they said, you know, our bases tend to be at sea level, um, you know, which is kind of oh, a, a, yeah. humorous, a humorous way of saying they notice sea level rise. Yeah. And so I, I think they see, they see that this is, they, for years now, the Pentagon has called climate change a threat multiplier. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of ironic, because in D.C. there's this, you know, quote, debate, and you've got, you yeah. know, this divide by party on whether they think climate change is happening, but you know, down the street at the Pentagon, they're not, they haven't been debating this for years. Well, and the, um, the irony is, is the, the, it tends to be, and I'm not trying to really, you know, stereotype, but it does tend to be the conservatives uh, that, and generally they're hawks that um, don't believe or want to argue against climate change, and yet their their very own, um, you know, military. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, no. no. It's, it's a strange, no, I mean, that's not... Playing partisan politics—that's you know—that's just fact. That on the right, they've been kind of more in the denial camp on on this, and and kind of angry about um, the move the military has made um, to to try to get off of fossil fuels. And, and there's been pressure on the military to not do some of the things they're doing, like buying biofuels for for planes. Yeah. Um, so it's been a you know, it's been it's been an interesting time. But the military is moving ahead pretty quickly and yeah. doing much more than people realize. The biggest solar arrays in the country have been at, you know, Air Force bases and things like that. And I think, you know, there's some companies now catching up, but, you know, the military's been ahead, as they so, are on technologies usually, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah, well, and so there, there's even more emphasis on optimism because, you know, if the military is investing in it, um, seriously, you know, come on, people, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what else... Um, what were we going to talk about relating to this upcoming climate weekend? Unfortunately, are you going to be in New York for the big climate march, the People's Climate March on the twenty-first? Yeah, I'm planning. I'm planning to go. Um, I'd like to go on Sunday. I'm going to see. I, I've seen very little information about like what the schedule is or how they're handling it or you know even where. But um, yeah, but I, yeah, I would like to go and maybe bring my kids and, and go to some of it. You know, I think there's there's a lot going on that week. I'm going yes. to be at meetings for part of that week in New York and then and then elsewhere. But um, there's just, you know, it's a gathering place for, for people to talk about this. And, and, and what's, you know, again, what's different this time is there really is a focus on business. Um, and I think that's smart. I think we need business behind, behind all of this movement in a very real way or the policy isn't going to happen. Well, you yeah. Know, 
know, we're not going to get there in, in Washington unless business makes a, you know, a very clear statement. So that again, it's it's this this optimism that that people are coming out of the shadows of you know is it real is it not real yes it's real and and there are economic impacts on your bottom yeah. line that are coming down the pike because of climate change and I think people right. we talked to Catherine Hayhoe um, last week we haven't published that yet but um, or you know it hasn't aired yet. But she talked a lot about part of what she is doing is actually talking to companies who want to project, you know, the impact and what what the differences in their business is going to be based on climate change, whether it's sea level rises or um, yep. actual temperature changes and weather issues. Um, so she's very encouraged because there are more and more you know companies calling on people like her scientists to help them project what you know what the impact will be on their business. That's right. And that's so, yeah. I mean, one of my clients, a, a big consumer products company, they've they've mapped out now, um, you know, all their facilities and the best estimates on you know, pers- you know, on rainfall and drought um, and storms and and to see where they're vulnerable, to see you know where they're vulnerable, you know, or where would where, which facilities would be best for putting up renewables and right. and would you know give them the best bang for the buck. And and I think you know this is a smart way to to think about your business that there's there's increasing volatility. I mean, look what's going on in Arizona right now with these floods and, um, you know, the extreme nature of the things that are happening uh, is, you know, is if you put on your business hat, just means, you know, business gets disrupted, assets get destroyed. Um, You know, not to mention, it's pretty hard for people to, you know, buy stuff if they're flooded. You know, just it just changes the whole market wherever there's extreme extreme weather. Right, and, so, and I know that you you, know. you do consulting. I don't know if it's the same or similar. I'm sure there's overlap with with what she she's doing, but um, you know, like after after Sandy here, just even you know, my husband has a small business. It's 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 and ironically, he's in um, emergency power generation. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But his business was shut down because there was no power. <laughs> That's ironic. It's very painfully ironic. Um, but he doesn't do like – he does really huge. He works in New York City primarily in this you know, industrial commercial sites. Um, so you know, he doesn't have these small generators. Anyway, but, but he felt an impact. I mean his business was just stalled for seven solid days. And, yep. of course, then he became very busy afterwards. Um, but, but you know, I just think of all the, all the mom and pops, the small, you know, local businesses that were really devastated, aside from the potential flooding which some of them endured or, um, you know, serious damage from trees. Uh, I mean, the economic impact was in my, in my small community. We're not even a shore community. And it was pretty yep. devastating. I mean, we lost two cars that day. Um, because one tree came down and took out two cars, and uh, you know, and and so, and that's just you know, I can't even calculate what it would be like for some of these larger businesses or uh, communities that really you know lost buildings and people, you know. Uh, that's right. And that apparently was a precursor to you know, we, like we can look forward to more of that, I suppose. Well, I think there will be, and, and at least again, people are, are kind of waking up to the need to plan and to to adapt and to be aware of this volatility. I mean, New Jersey, in, you know, just recently announced a um, 
resilience fund or resilience bank yeah. that's going to help, like a billion dollars to help fund um, distributed power and to have renewable energy and to have backup power, you know, at, at critical places like wastewater treatment, you know. It's bad enough when a storm knocks things out, but when you start having sewage problems, yeah. it, gets, it gets ugly. It's um, ugly. And it, gets, and it gets dangerous, right? It's a health crisis. And, and so, you know, they're, they're kind of realizing we need more resilience. This is a this is a big topic. And, you know, but this is all kind of the risk side. There's also this in, incredible upside for, for businesses to, you know, embrace the fact that changes are coming and try to help the world deal with it and, and avoid it, you know, like help help their customers reduce their impacts. Yeah. Um, I think these are these are huge opportunities. Well, um, and, certainly. And, and there's, you know, amazing business opportunities here. Well, and I was going to say, um, certainly my husband is benefiting and his business is, is incredibly busy, um, busier yeah. than they've been in the last 10 years. Um, and part of what they did, they, they, in fact, one of the hospitals that was flooded out in New York, and I can't remember which one, obviously it was near the water, um, they actually moved the entire uh, generator system up a floor or two, which is no small feat, yep. by the way. Um, yeah, a lot of companies are doing that. You know, and they are. I, I yeah. So you know, that's these are the things that you know we we adapt, we adapt. Um, yeah. But I appreciate what you're doing to help businesses really get on board and understand that um, while it is an economic benefit for them to do this. It's, um, well, you know, it's good for everybody. <laughs> it really is. Right. Well, it's funny. I mean, that people act, you know, in business, there's always, I don't know, been this sense that somehow those things are at odds, that, you know, if it makes money, then it can't be good for everybody. And if it, if it's good for everybody, then it must not make money. And, <laughs> and, and that's just increase. That's increasingly ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, you know, in a world where everything's so connected, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of a silly view, but I, you know, I, I, I struggle and, and fight that uphill battle with companies all the time. They'll say, yeah. well, we can't, you know, worry about this because, you know, we're a public company and we, you know, we have shareholders and as if any of this is against shareholders, as if shareholders don't care, if they actually knew yeah. what was going on, would, would want you to be completely unprepared for the world or to not sell products that people need or, you know, yeah. or to not cut your energy use. I mean, there's, there's so many benefits to all this yeah. that, that it's kind of amazing that we have to consistently prove the point. Um, yeah, there's just this sense that, that green stuff must equal philanthropy, and it really is, I think, a very dated, <laughs> expensive a very philanthropy. dated yeah, view. It is. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's always expensive. It's always philanthropy, and it's such a strange view in a world of, you know, more and more expensive resources. You know, energy is, is expensive, and, you know, it, it's just better business to be operating yeah. in this way. So, you know, I think, I think we're, we're seeing a, a wake-up happening in, in business, and I think this meeting in, in, um, in, in New York should, should help. I think yeah. We're see, well, you know, I will. I will miss you on the twenty first because sadly, Lynn and I are going to be headed to Hawaii that day. <laughs> oh, that's awful! Isn't it awful? I know, and so I. Bad for you. But just so you know, we are buying carbon offsets because it's it's a pretty big carbon hit to fly to Hawaii. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. Uh, but we are going to be green divas in Hawaii. So, I, right. but but I'm like the timing is crazy because we really really wanted to participate, and um, so we'll we'll have to um, catch up with everybody when we get back. In the meantime, uh, Andrew, tell us how people can find out more about you and your books. Yeah, it's 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 pretty simple. I mean, I, my books are on Amazon. My first book was Green to Gold. A lot of people are you know familiar with that one. It sold you know over a hundred thousand copies and. Still, still selling. 
I had a book called Green Recovery during the recession, and now the big pivot, which I think right. the best thing I've done, and I think kind of really pushing the boundaries. That's that's what I hope to be doing. Um, and you can you can find me at andrewwinston.com or Twitter at you know Andrew Winston. It's all pretty simple, pretty simple branding. Well, I always um, love chatting with you, and I appreciate your perspective and the work that you're doing. And uh, have fun with your kids on the 21st. And then maybe you'll well, report, you'll come back and tell us, like, kind of sum up what, what happened. Hopefully there'll be some even more good news. I hope so. We can, we can talk again. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Want more information on this Green Dude segment and other ideas for low-stress green living? Go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com.